Hey, welcome to episode 7 of Bastard Pastors, which is Anakin Skywalker's favorite religious podcast. I think that's uh, three now. Three Are there any bastards. Other famous bastards. Jesus, Anakin, Jon Snow. There's got to be some. I'll do a Google search. We'll have a we'll have a good bastard next. There's got to be a too. good like like Billy the Kid story. Uh, do we know anything about Billy the Kid? No, but somebody like that. Some some bad guy, good guy. Some I'm bad sure guy one. hero. Uh, because our Facebook feed is so popular, you should think of some good bastards and send them to us. Right. Yes. Um, but thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, we're going to do this week and next week will be sort of some of our stories. And then we're starting a new segment where we are going to um, have a third party, another person, a guest that's another pastor or thinker or professor or somewhere who has some influence in the pastorly world where we kind of talk to them, ask them some questions. Um, I thought that they would probably say no because uh, they say like, who wants to be on Bastard Pastors? But so far people were like, yeah, because we are that cool. Or because pastors don't have a lot going on during the day. And they're like, yeah, sure. It makes me feel like I'm working. None of those people are going to be happy that you said that. Just kidding. We're pretty open about it. JK. But anyway, so that's going to happen. Um, also, we're supposed to say, uh, if you like this podcast or if you're excited about it, then you should, what is it? Is it like, like or comment, or subscribe, or, subscribe or I would uh, be... rate? I think that's the word. Rate it on iTunes or whatever the thing is. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's on iTunes or if it's through SoundCloud. Or what is? Uh, and, uh, so anyways, do that because that would be cool for us. Um, new segment. We've been, uh, we're going to give the Voldemort segment a little bit of a rest. <laughs> uh, he's gotten too excited that we actually talk about him, and so now he's uh, trying to do things on purpose. Right. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's fake now. It's not real Voldemort. It, yeah, exactly. It's contrived Voldemort. Right, which is not for real. Um, so we thought we would uh, just spend a couple of weeks uh, starting off with a story um, that's funny or crazy or just sort of our worst pastoring moments. Uh, and this week, I thought we'd start off with times that our church service or our sermon have been walked out on, heckled, or right. just interrupted. Man, there's a lot. There's more than I thought. I wasn't the first one. I remember the first one is good because I had I had mono at the time. I was really sick. I was in grad school. I was I was doing Hebrew and advanced Greek in seminary. My youngest son was three months old. And I got mono. It's making making out with all those hood rats. <laughs> Price Hill girls. Um, but uh, so I'm sick. I'm 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 dying. And I write this sermon about community, which was the thing we talked about a lot at the beginning. And um, I my opening sort of sequence was about how sick I was and how much I didn't like people and how much I didn't want around be around people. But you need to be around people. So I was like, I was going to work through it. That was going to be my 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 hook line sinker. And this. Elderly woman in our church stands up with a pretty thick accent and is like, "Well, maybe you need a new job," and storms out. Storms out. And I was, I stood there, just stunned, just staring in awestruck silence. I did not know what to do. I'd never, I don't think I'd ever been heckled during a sermon before. I was an inner city school teacher and didn't get normally heckled during. You can go and hear it. Be like, uh, oh. <laughs> uh, um, and I had, I had one where I was talking about. Uh, I don't know, our identity as Christians, and I said something about, oh, that was like the the trifecta sermon, because I had said something about abortion, I had said something about uh, homosexuality, 
And I also, then, I guess the straw that broke the camel's back for this fellow was I said, hey, you know, we should not identify ourselves as Americans. We should identify ourselves as Christians. Uh, we are not Americans first or something. Right. And this dude, who I guess was an old vet or something, he stormed out. He was like, well, that, he goes, what does he say? He's like, well, forget this then. I don't think he said forget, man. No. I think he said fuck this. <laughs> well, whatever he said, he stormed out. And you're better at being interrupted than <laughs> I am because I'm just like, ah, ooh, oh. Um, there was also the Walker incident. Ooh, I wasn't there for that. I don't think. Oh, so it was, uh, Again, some of our elderly folks who were uh, there, and one lady got up to leave because she's had to get out of there, her back was hurting or something, and she went and grabbed her walker to walk out of the room with, but she did not grab her walker, she grabbed someone else's walker, and so the lady, I'm sitting there speaking, the lady's like, you grabbed the wrong one, and the lady's like, what? <laughs> and I'm like sitting there trying to say something, like, you grabbed the, that's not your walker, and she's like yelling this like over and over, and the other lady's like, what, what? And then finally someone had to get up, like, hey ma'am, this is, the, I think you grabbed the wrong walker. Oh, <laughs> and, but I can't like go on with it, I just have to sit and stare and watch the show, <laughs> like, wow, this is a good one. I feel like this happened with that crowd of people a couple times, there's a couple oh, times yeah. they've gotten really loud and disruptive. There's another one where one lady, they all live in the same retirement community, and one lady wanted to spread a little gossip about some other people going on, and this... Uh, our German elderly woman, she goes, I don't want to hear it! I don't care about your gossip! I'm not gossiping! And she's like, I don't want to hear it! Forget about it! And the lady yells, fine, it's forgotten! <laughs> and we're still trying to preach. It's like, oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I, man, there's no class that prepares you for... There's no, I don't, man, there's nothing to prepare you for having your public speaking disrupted anyway. There's right. just no way to get around that as a as an idea it's just it's so bad they should start doing that in like public speaking classes have someone like come and interrupt disrupt you. you uh we've had one which may be another story for another time where a dude walked in i was not there uh and confronted another fellow a guy who did not go to our church confronted another fellow who does go to our church uh and handed some food said the said fuck yeah and then walked Stood out not, and i thought people were dying in our oh life. and and now i was not there you right. were there and you it were like uh, this just happened if we told that story if i wrote that story as a blog post or as a, like a short story you made you think i was lying yeah it's so unbelievable like the, the circumstances that led to that you wouldn't believe them it's a good one um but anyways it happens it happens to us more often than not uh, and it seems to happen to me more, and I don't even say the inflammatory you're things. The, you're the controversial I pastor know, exactly. legend. People leave because I of am the I'm the safe pastor. You are <laughs> the safe pastor. Um, anyway, so uh, I this also what was it yesterday marks our eighth today. year today. Today's it's today. Eight years. Oh yeah, because you put the picture on Facebook today. Today we have been eight years as a church plant. Um, the picture you posted. I look like a big old douche, man. Somebody's making fun of your I know. <laughs> it was like our postcard, too, that yeah, went out. And I'm like, it was the first sermon I preached. I remember uh, I was actually staring at that picture today because I was real concerned about what I was going to wear. Oh. Because uh, my first was this white t-shirt that had like a skull on it. I was like, maybe I don't want skulls. Edgy. Up there. Yeah, I don't want to be so... And I didn't want to be that guy. But then I was like, no, it doesn't even matter. We would have won. 
But I ended up putting, I noticed that I put the sweater on over top of it, and it's like the safe sweater, like the safe, like, cream, you know, monotone, like, sweater over top of t-shirt. And then, that was before I, uh, I actually did a wedding one time, and a guy told me with my hair as it was receding really bad, he finally just goes, hey man, maybe it's time just to let it go. <laughs> so now I pretty much just shave it, but at the time, I did not, so I'm like, oh, what was going on with my hair? And I had the soul patch. The midnight, uh, mid-2000 soul patch. The mid-2000 soul patch. And I, I, I kind of wrote it out to like almost 2010. That was, that was 2007. Yeah, so I wrote that out. I had the soul patch. And I actually had it for a while until a person who does go to our church, who I did not meet until uh, he came to my birthday party. So it was this new guy. His, his girlfriend had been coming, wife now. Um, came to my birthday party and uh, he had never met anyone before and we were all dressed up as superheroes and so I, you know, being a good host, I went over to him and I was like, hey man, you know, my name's Justin, nice to meet you, sorry, it's a little weird, everyone's dressed up tonight and he goes, it's okay man, it makes your soul patch less douchey <laughs> and from that moment on, that day, actually that night, I went and like clipped it off and have not That's had the soul Because if somebody would have told me that, I would never cut it off. <laughs> I will be, That's it, I'm breaking my soul be, patch For the now. rest of my life, I will be damned if I'm going to let somebody tell me what to well, do and what to wear. Well, I was just like, hey, I that's don't a good, know you. Why that's a good you, lead line, man. That's why a would good... you start our, our relationship off with such a mean thing? And then B, I was like, ah, maybe he's right. <laughs> no, Anyways, that picture, I look dumb. What's worse about that picture is I started thinking about whatever the hell I was talking about that day, and it was probably stupid. Do you remember? I have no idea what that I remember being very stressed out about the first sermon. What's the first thing we're going right. to say? And whatever it was was not good. Because we did an intro sermon, then we did the Revelation series, and right. I thought the Revelation series was good. But that intro sermon was, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. I think I would do a much better job now, and I'm sure it was just horrible. Just think, man, we've done 135, no... So we do 40, 30 sermons a year. We've probably done 200 sermons since then. That's crazy. Each one of us has done 200 sermons since then. Very crazy. Anyways, happy, yay, hurrah. Still here. Go screw yeah. yourself, church planning assessments. Oh, man. Uh, another thing. Sorry, and then we'll actually get into what we're really going to talk about. But uh, you posted the you know the picture on the Facebook today under Legends Facebook, and I almost went at Walt Hastings. Go you screw yourself. You no, I deleted it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I saw you delete because it. Because if it was from me, I would have kept it, but I noticed it was from Legend. I was like, yeah, I can't say that. But then I also noticed that I wasn't friends with him. But I am. So it didn't add him. I am friends with him on Facebook, and I was like, oh, man. Yeah, take that, uh, so, dude. Although he never said we were going to fail, not as much as the, the church I playing assets, which just explicitly says no. I think he assumed. Um, I look. <laughs> I don't blame him. Fair enough. Anyways. It's hard to believe there's been eight years of doing this. Uh, so last week, uh, there was a statement made uh, on our podcast where we were talking about a time that I... Uh, gave a whole entire sermon and didn't want to reference scripture or the Bible. Now, for a lot of churches, a lot of people, a lot of places, and maybe fair enough, they would have a big problem with that. Right. And so I thought uh, this week I would ask you or we could talk about outside influences, things that uh, we think are spiritual that bring just as much teaching, life, and hope, and just as much God into the world that are extra biblical. Mm. It's interesting. So last night I went with some friends of church and we went and saw uh, Prophets of Rage, which is the super group with Public Enemy and Rage Against the Machine. And I had a concert experience like I had not had in a long time where I was compl- like 
when that dude called for fists in the air, like I was, I was black power fist raised with everybody else, which was, it was the widest audience you've ever seen for a rap concert. And, uh, but I'm the whole time I'm like, I'm identifying, um, with these Rage Against the Machine lyrics. And then particularly, um, like Chuck D for Public Enemy there. I was listening to a song yesterday by Public Enemy where he goes into this idea of this call for racial justice and this call for, for, um, for things to be resolved in this country. And one of the lines is the, the crucifixion ain't no fiction. And I was like, Oh, his entire ethos is based in this sort of understanding of who Jesus is and mm. what the world is like. And then Tom Morello for Raging the Machine also was born to Christian missionary parents. Like he has a Christian ethic that underlies his, he's at this point almost an anarchist, like in terms of what he, I don't think he would say that, but I right. think that's where it goes. And, um, it's really interesting to listen to these were men that I identify with and the lyrics were things I identified with. And I was joking that I was ready to go start. I was ready to go start the revolution. I was ready. And I was going to go to like the nicer parts of Cincinnati and burn things down. Um, and so I, it had been a long time since I had music sort of that engaging with my soul in that way, right? Like spiritually was resonating with it to the point, like last night and this morning, I was like, Oh God, what do I do with this? If this is something that really does resonate with, with my spirit and who I am, what does it mean for me to be a follower of you, a follower of you, a leader in your church, but also connect with this. And so music's always been music and it's particularly not Christian music. Every time our poor worship leader, every time he's like, Hey Jason, did you hear this new song on Caleb? I'm like, no, no. I the only thing I use Caleb for is when I need an FM transmitter in my car to play my iPod over because it's got the weakest antenna signal so I can broadcast over it. But I don't listen to any Christian music at all. But it was interesting last night listening to the to this band. I felt particularly a spiritual like resonance where I was like, oh, what they're talking about isn't perfectly articulating the gospel, but it's on the right path. Well, I I guess I have even a problem with even this idea of like, oh, what's Christian music? What's not Christian? Sure. Music? What's Christian art? What's not Christian art? Because uh, I feel like we those are just things that we've attributed to something because of who did it or their particular right. background. It's the only one um, we do that with. Well, yeah. Christian music, particular, I think, is the only genre of music that's defined by lyrics. I guess there's a such thing as like Buddhist art or Islamic mm-hmm. art. Well, we've uh, you know, N.T. Wright has this great. Uh, thing that he said in a sermon one time where it used to be the core of Christianity was the arts was right. poetry and music and visual arts um, and then on the outer crust were things like theology and we've reversed it where theology is now the core right. and on the outer crust if it's fun we can do some artsy things and uh, I actually hate Christian art and I'm trying not to because I've I feel like in the last couple of years I've found the exceptions to those rules um, but I feel like uh, because all of art, I feel like it probably has the idea of the creation and poema and uh, God behind them. That, but uh, like, yeah, so many people will argue hardcore against me. Like they'll be like, "No, there's nothing glorious in this. Mm-hmm. Or you can't find anything good in that." It's interesting because because what that leads to is what we've sort of decided is that the most important thing is certainty. Whereas in art, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm, and I'm just making this up as I go, maybe in art, the most important thing is the question mm-hmm. or like, it, it's not like a declarative, this is true and everything else is not true, which is what the church's focus on doctrinal beliefs over the last 
let's say 150 years has become to the point where we then exclude like our Orthodox brothers and sisters because they don't answer questions the same way we answer because they ask different questions right. than we ask. And it's been interesting to watch because it's not okay for pastors to not know things a lot of the times. I think because people want sort of moral right. certainty or they want you to be spiritual guy. We like when things are bad, they want to call you and they want you to give them advice to tell them how to spiritually be okay through the circumstance. When most of the time I'm just going to say, Oh, I don't know. You just, you're just stuck in the middle of it. Art and music gives you place to be okay with it. Right. It gives you place to sort of noodle and ask questions. Well, it should be the job of the artist to uh, almost like the prophet to, be able to articulate a problem and what's going on and why there should is injustice and right, why right. we should. I mean, even the old hymns are like that. It is well with my soul is asking the question. They're asking, is it well right. with my soul? Like this horrible thing has happened. Can I still respond to God in this sort of tragedy? Whereas I feel like a lot of the newer songs, while they're really good expression of joy or something, aren't really asking tougher questions. Uh, and same right. with Christian art, like that we have to put words on it. Like here's an eagle. Make sure, make sure we write, he carries right. us on eagle's wings well, or something. And to keep quoting it to you, right, he makes the point that Christian art develop, devolves into just this syrupy optimism where everything's good. It's Thomas Kincaid. There's only light. There's only goodness. <sighs> or this opposite sort of like brutalism that's sort of like the Matrix, which said there's only darkness. There's only brokenness. There's only, and you have to escape from that. Right. And Wright would say that somewhere the church exists in the middle between those two ideas to hold mm. them in tension together. There certainly is goodness and light. Right. And there's there. I, you know, I've been places that look like Thomas Kincaid paintings and they're stunning in reality when you find them. Right. I've also been in places where everything is dark and broken and nonsensical. Right. And I don't know how to have any, I don't have an answer for it. So if we go with the premise that, uh, God was not done within the pages of scripture, that he is still moving and still active and still alive and well, and he is still creating and there are still things coming out of people mm. that are not Bible writers, uh, which I think we both agree on. Uh, what would you say if you need um, inspiration or if you're looking for some something to really teach or to teach, uh, what would you look for? I have what, a, what are your places? Before we go there, I have a caveat that I have a dangerous thought that got me in trouble in seminary because nobody knew what to do with it. And it's that the writers of the scriptures were inspired by the Holy Spirit. We all to, the Bible has weight because we believe that the people who wrote it right. were inspired by the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit indwells all of us. All of us as followers of Jesus have the promise of the Holy Spirit living within us. Aren't we also then inspired by the Holy Spirit? Boom. And then when I write and create things, aren't I then at least on the same path? Maybe not to the same level. Maybe I'm not a spiritual. Maybe God's not using me in the same way that you use Paul. Paul's sort of a unique person in the scriptures. But I'm on the same track, right? And so everything I do should have right. an inspiration of the Spirit in it, whether it's my physical stuff. like so. And this is how I... Or you have a Jerry Maguire moment where one night you just write something One night amazing. you're inspired, right. right. Which I, my guess is, right, Paul lives to be 50, 60 years old, and he writes conservatively 12 letters. Right. right. 12 moments in his lifetime, he's he's inspired Every by... Every other time he's like, eh, I yeah. got nothing. Well, he even says that in his letters. material. Sometimes in his letters, he's like... <laughs> well, this is me now. This is me. This is what... Which, interesting to... enough, we don't stop and say, okay, at this point, we can either take it or never. leave it. Uh, right. Right? right. Uh, for this moment, should we take it or leave it? Right, you we would. not. We wouldn't. But so right. for me, when I... like my, I, So I I like reading. I was thinking today how much I like to learn things. So like my, I'm at my best spiritually when I'm learning something new. So I read the news all the time. I read, like I listen to Ted talks. Do you get a newspaper? No, <laughs> no. 
What's um, your news? Hold on, what's your news? Uh, so I start every morning by looking at the BBC, CNN, um, and then sort of my Facebook feed, whatever's trending. Like, what are people talking about? I think Facebook's my only source of I, news. That's true for most people our age, I think. <laughs> But so I, I like to read and learn things. And then when I find an idea that I don't know about, then I either go ask my friends who do or I go find something. And admittedly, like it's, it's online searches. I'm not doing master's degree level research. But my best is when I can learn new things. The, one of the interesting things that I've, really, that I've really liked is when we can find physiological or psychological characteristics of human beings that explain things in scripture they, they they connect with things in scripture and so how how my body is created and hardwired my personality verifies some truth of scripture or illustrates some truth of scripture mm-hmm. um i like those things a lot if, we, if we're talking just straight like intellectual property like i will always go to lord of the rings I love Lord of the Rings universe mm-hmm. more than any other universe. I'm mad that my kids are going to grow up in the um, Star Wars. Star Kingdom, Wars, right? and they're going to man. I'm already in. I'm in there with them. Right. We were going to be a Lord of the Rings family, <laughs> and now we're going to be a damn Star Wars family. Um, the Simpsons is my other one, though. I can yeah. go to a Simpsons. Well, Netflix. and what sucks is that the late '90s, early 2000s ruined movies for churches because and movies are my favorite thing in the entire world. So right. I would want to every week use a, a video clip because oh man, this really. really says what I want to say, but it's so trite and stupid now that it's like, there was one Sunday we had, I remember it, because that was the Sunday that two people were going to come to our church and they came, and then after that they didn't come back, <laughs> uh, because they were looking for something that is what we are, but that Sunday we weren't, we had like five or six video things. Right, it was real showy, and, and we're it was bad at that. showy, and we do suck at that, we're, it was real weird. And they were like, oh, you're just trying to be everything everyone else is. And I remember thinking, no, we're not, but today we really were. And I don't think from that point on I've ever, we had the Juno clip. We had the Juno clip. um, But (laughs) where fuckity fuck fuck was uh, (laughs) sort of a staple for our church. Well, now now there's a thing called church language and we keep it at church. We don't say it. (laughs) Yeah, we don't. Uh, But we don't, you know, we don't use it because... Uh, of that, but I love movies. That's where I get, I mean, there's so many times I see a movie and I'm like, oh, that, because I feel like movies art and the actors are doing art and I'm really into what they're doing. I have, it's so hard for me to transition from teaching and preaching into, okay, now here's a movie clip that illustrates what I just said. If I didn't do a good job explaining what I just said. I did use, there will be blood though. All right. That was a cup. That was like a, a year ago, maybe. Uh, I think it was more recent than that. Give me the blood, Lord. Give me the blood. If you're listening to this, that was the best Dana Day-Lewis impersonation ever. I think that was probably in the last six months. Was it? Yeah, I was. I can't remember the last movie clip I used. It's got to be really good for me to use it. Yeah. I like to find... I mean, I guess there's there's another point of that where what you're doing is taking something that people encounter in their nine to five and they're they're weekly their day-to-day lives right and you're adding a spiritual filter through which to view it and if if everybody did that life would be better right if everybody looked at everything in their lives with an added spiritual lens to it so when i watch this movie it's not just art it it's not just entertainment it can be entertainment it's not just challenging it can be challenging it also is spiritual whether it's a reflection of the creator spirituality or and this is a this is an interesting conversation that nobody wants to have is Maybe it just means something to you that the author never intended. The creator never, the, the movie director oh, never totally. wanted you. Like, I think the Matrix guys, I guess the Matrix girls now, um, they tripped into something accidental in the Matrix. I don't right. think they knew what they were doing. 
And they just, because they co-opted a bunch of Jesus symbology, a bunch of, like, Buddhist symbology. Right. Especially as that. Oh, man, there's been so many master's theses written on right. that. And my guess is watching, and that's why, although they've gotten better for me as I've gotten older, I feel like they confused a lot of their metaphors. And so that's why people sort of checked out, especially in the second and third movies. Right. So, but for me, I I just, I don't, it's even hard because I feel like every song, every movie, every book I read, whatever it is I'm into, graphic novel, what I'm watching, even going yesterday, uh, there was a line a mile long to stand in line to see Luke's place for the Gilmore Girls reading. I had no idea the Gilmore Girls was a thing. Uh, it is a apparently huge because that line was literally well, a half a mile. Lots long. of people that I'm friends with and love and respect were were really excited about this, which is great. If it was yeah. something, I but I too bad it was a bust. Sorry, <laughs> coffee shop. Yeah, coffee shop, Jesus shop. But that place was only the Gilmore Girls was only on WB, right? It's like a third tier so. network. But, it, every, but it's but things like Netflix have revitalized it for younger generations. I guess too. I'm stunned that this many people are into this show. I, yeah, it's pretty good. I felt that they were unique. Lorelai and uh, Rory were unique characters with a unique relationship. But it, you know, it's it's weird because it it wasn't anything in my life when it was on. Like nobody I knew watched the show. Not a single person. Now lots right. of people. And because in my the life, WB was always, especially then, sort of a. It's where shows went to be. Reaper was on WB. Joke. Reaper was one of oh, my favorite Reaper. like side shows. Um, but anyways, I feel like I everything is spiritual, which I know is a stupid line, but I'm like, oh yeah, there's there's stuff to learn in that and this. So, uh, well, I feel like that's I feel like that's the church has been that way. The church at its best has always been the way. Paul is that way, right? And when he's talking in in Acts about right. the unknown God, but because. Because we've grown up in a wing of the church that bought so much into the culture wars, you couldn't learn from the culture because it would contaminate you. It made you it made you impure if you listen to radar, listen to, to bad music, right. or watch radar movies, or these kind of things. Instead of because people making money selling that crap, to right? There's just awful. I heard one the other day where there's some. Company, Do you even listen to the lyrics? <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a Christian company right now. I think it's called VidAngel, where. Oh, you, you, you could like edit? stream movies yeah. and they will cut out like they will cut out sex scenes. They had three hundred as one is, but like so of course they're gonna cut out the sex scene at the beginning with him and his wife, and then they're gonna cut out the orgy scene with Mephistopheles, Mephistopheles whatever that dude's name was, and the um, oracles. But um, they're gonna leave dudes' heads getting cut off. I guarantee it. Right. I guarantee they won't care about the violence at all. I just think of like movies like Pulp Fiction. Is that like a fifteen minute movie for Christians? Then <laughs> right. What, what my and my question would be. If you're really offended by this, why would you watch any of it? Right. Or the, uh, you know, I, I've heard people talk about, I think, and this is certainly dated, but I remember when I uh, taught at the, or uh, worked at the Christian University, a dude was given a lecture about, um, you know, using, I think it was Jesus Walks by Kanye West at the time. Like, hey, this is actually, there's some really cool things in here. We could actually learn from this or use it. Right. And people were so mad with like the garbage in, garbage out. And then this dude came back with Romans where Paul's talking about defiled meat, saying it's not what goes into something, right. but what comes out. Jesus says it um, too. And, uh, but anyways, it's it's a weird thing that I, I've kind of forgotten because in our church, Nobody people cares. don't care. They Nobody don't cares. give shit about what, right. what we do or think. And, uh, and so, but it would make it so where I can give a sermon where there's so many influences, there's so much to talk about that I don't necessarily this week, and everything I say is going to be rooted out of some sort of probably a biblical idea or biblical principle or historical principle or Jesus somewhere, but it doesn't always have to be um, book, chapter, verse, this is what it is. Well, I'm not, I'm not convinced that Paul, like if we read, 
we read Paul's letters or Paul's sermons, I'm not convinced he was doing that. I'm not convinced Peter and James and John were doing that. Like there's preaching has become a weird thing. And so whenever I can find my, my goal all the time is if I can find beauty and truth or beauty or truth, that those are universal things, right? Like that, that if something is true, it doesn't matter whether I found it in an Islamic text or in the Bible, or if I find it in Jesus, that there is just truth or the book of Mormon. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but there is just your South Park would be another example for me is I think they're, I think they're serving the role of prophet well right now in the culture. Um, saying things, saying hard things to people that they don't want to hear. And it gets dismissed. I have a family member who hates the idea that I would reference comedians because for them, comedians are just there to be silly entertainers. Right. Um, but they're not. A guy like Jon Stewart spent his whole year being, his whole career right. being a truth teller. He did it through being funny. Right. Well, but, and most comedy, especially good comedy, is built out of someone's real experience and they're just right. making light of it. So I try, although I, I think I've gotten, like last week for my sermon, I. I just taught straight through the text. I didn't use any yeah, sort of outside This whole series examples. we've done that, and I feel like it's a good change-up for people. Like, oh, this is different. Right. But there's a lot. I mean, I am I make fun of all the time the fact that I can quote for you line and scene of The Simpsons going back 20 seasons way before I can quote Scripture because I'm used to looking up Scripture if I need to. But I also don't like to use Scripture as proof texts. Right. I don't mind using the Simpsons right. as a proof text. Like Dave Ramsey or something where I can... Here, here's a proverb, and now it's all this. Because like, it's dangerous stuff. Like, uh, for instance, the proverb, uh, raise a child right and he'll always return. Like... My well, parents have lived by that with my sister, and it's just bullshit. Right. Well, I mean, of course it's nonsense. And then, and, and, and how does Solomon get off giving that kind of wisdom? And yeah, how kid... does Solomon get off giving any wisdom? Because he falls away in the end. Right. Like, <laughs> this, this is the dude who in the end was like, yeah, fuck it. Right. It, it, it blows up in his face. And he, as the son of David, should have seen, like, right. things blowing up all around his family, like... And maybe maybe that's why he's writing, right? That's the interesting right. thing is maybe Solomon was saying, oh, I yeah. wish my dad would have done a better job raising right, right. us. Or, or my brother, who's a murderous ass, or right. whatever it is. Um, no, I, it's interesting because I, I find myself probably more influenced. There's a great line in a Jurassic Park song, a Jurassic Park, in a Jurassic 5 song, where they talk about the idea of, like, unifying the rebel. Mm-hmm. And I, it's something that I had sort of listened to right when we first started the church. And I took it real seriously, the idea that, um, like, the poets and the anarchists and the punk rock kids and the, the underground hip-hop kids and um, the really violent rap kids and all these different groups, they all know something's wrong with the world. They all know. They may not be able to articulate what, or they may not have a good solution, or maybe their solution is something that I, I disagree with, right? If their solution mm. is violent revolution that kills all the, the, the bourgeois, yeah, let's back off that. But they're right in identifying that something's wrong with the world, and in that, they've, they've aligned themselves with the gospel. The gospel says there's something wrong with the world that needs fixing, and so what does it look like for the church to then unify the rebel? What does it look like for the church to give the rebel the right energy or the right movement? Right. And, uh, C.S. Lewis would call it the anonymous Christian. Right. People who are doing God's work who don't know it or wouldn't say it. I, did, I decided a long time ago that Dave Grohl is not from the Foo Fighters Anonymous Christian, but it's just because <laughs> I want to marry him. <laughs> There's a lot of people like that for me. I think they're so cool. I'm like, you're probably good. Ooh, I thought Linkin Park was when I was in youth ministry. I listened to Linkin Park all the time, which is Lincoln weird because they went straight U2. Like, their last couple albums have been, like, adult contemporary, like, soft rock. And I'm like, what is happening? Ew. They're all weird now, but like I, I can I, still. I haven't heard of Lincoln Park in forever. I can still work out to them. 
Like I still listen to more. I, so I've got this. I actually the question of influence is interesting because I am sporadic, in that like yesterday I went I was working out, and uh, one minute it was Public Enemy and the next moment it was Johnny Cash and the next moment it was The Grateful Dead, and so I have these really disparate influences where I'm right. especially in music where I pull from a pretty wide berth. Right. And well, it's weird. And what's interesting for me is I can sit here and say, oh, I really receive like things from all these other influences but on sunday mornings if i run or if times i'm feeling down and i need to feel better i will put on some praise music and i'll run to it and i remember thinking ah oh, damn it this really does make me feel better because there's some and it's not like the i don't listen to a lot of it i only have like i like really like dave prowder a lot uh and i know he's a little more despairing but i'm always like oh there is something uh in this type of art that is maybe more uplifting i don't or maybe not i don't know maybe it's just my disposition and my background has made it that way right my cynicism always makes me wonder is that because that music's designed to do that like right. it's designed to garner an emotional response right because it came out of a christian movement that was designed for emotional response right. and i'm always like oh am i being tricked here into having a religious experience or a fake spiritual experience but then when i'm being reasonable i just go well, who cares? Right. If you are having a good religious connection or experience here, that isn't enough in itself. That's enough. Right. Um, so I thought we could end with maybe some suggestions of things that you are doing now or seeing now or reading or listening to that you think, hey, you should go listen to this because it's awesome and it's inspirational. Mm. What would you say? Well, I can go. I'll do mine first. Uh, there is this... Um, a uh, book series by a guy named Andrew Peterson, who uh, he wrote Young Adult Law. It's they're ge- geared towards young adults, and a lady was like, "Hey, you should read this. I think you know you would like it. It's kind of fantasy. It's kind of fun. It's written by a Christian." And I was like, "Ugh, never mind. <laughs> if it's, I don't want to read it. It's probably overly allegorical or something right, dumb." Right. So I was like, "No, but thank you." And then I went to dinner that night at some friend's house. And they have all in their dining room, they have their books on their shelves. And I happened to see book one of that series. It's called The Wing Feather Saga. And I said, Oh, you know what? Someone just told me to read this today. Is it good? And, and the girl who was there, she's like, Oh, I just started. I didn't really get into it, so I, I don't really know. And I read it. It's four books, and I devoured it. I actually became obsessed with the author because he's a musician as well. And these books are amazing they're not overly allegorical uh some of the best books i've read especially in that genre a long time wing feather saga you should check it out and they should pay me money uh also um one of my the best shows i've watched on netflix lately that i felt was inspirational was uh sense eight uh it's a netflix original but it's about it's by the wachowski sisters again uh and uh it's just really about relationships and what it means to be vulnerable to people and what that could do uh, it's a lot of, there's a lot of weird sex scenes. So if that bothers you, uh, right. sorry. Um, but I thought it was really good. I, um, I, so I love sci-fi fantasy, uh, fiction stuff, uh, Lord of the Rings and then all of the Lord of the Rings knockoffs, um, except Game of Thrones. It sucks. Um, <laughs> the TV show is way better than the books. Um, but I've, so I sort of realized that I gotten lazy in how I read and so I, my goal, one of this this year, one of my goals was to challenge myself into reading something different. And I picked up this book called um, "The Lost Arts of Reading Nature," and it, it's written by this dude who's a tracker from England, and who, and it's like a, a, a one hundred and one type course of how to go out and 
understand the land you're hiking through to look for, okay, here's how you can tell where water is, here's how you tell where animals walk, which is, if animals walk there, you should walk there because it's probably easier to walk there, and here's how to see where glaciers used to be and all these kind of things. And it was surprisingly, um, it was surprisingly good in terms of thinking about, oh, what does it look like to be completely aware of your surroundings, completely aware of the environment that you're in and be connected to that in a, in a spiritual way or in a, in a powerful way? Because one of my battle cries lately with, with people has been read the damn room. If the room doesn't call for an in-depth conversation about abortion, let's not talk about that here because the room's not right. And this oh, book... so many people we know can't read the room. Can't read the room. And so this book does this good job of being of tuning you into this idea. And as I've come out of this sort of like evangelicalism I'm, I'm trying to find more things that are like oh what's it mean to, to, to sort of in, to, to connect with creation and say oh this is a spiritual experience so I have friends like that like Chuck is that guy right and uh, Chuck Pettigrew not Chuck from the coffee shop but he's this <laughs> dude Chuck from the coffee shop. <laughs> he's this dude who uh, who just connects with nature in such a powerful way and being around him when he does that is so powerful um, the other thing that I've lot to do that I think everybody should do is I am teaching myself to play musical instruments. I'm not teaching myself, I'm taking lessons, but I am teaching myself an absurd instrument and I'm teaching myself to read music on the accordion, which means you have to read two clefs at once and it's mm. really difficult. Um, and, uh, it's become my favorite thing to do during the day is to learn something that stretches my brain in that new of a way. Um, and then I find myself trying to, okay, can I do two tasks at once and can I kind of balance this and learn new things? And so go learn a musical instrument. Go. It's the, it's the, ah, I forget his name. I think it's um, the Fear and Loathing guy. But he writes, I've, I've seen this meme online, so maybe it's not him, but <laughs> it's the idea of go make art, go create something. Even if it's bad, you've done a service for the world because you've created something new. Even if it's bad poetry, write bad poetry. If it's bad drawing, draw something horrible. But go do something because there's power in the creativity. And that's something I've been trying to do lately. Well, I think that's it for this week. If you live in Oakley, go to our church and yeah. my coffee shop. <laughs> I, I have nothing to advertise. <laughs> and Jason will teach you accordion. Yes. Hey, uh, here's the band. They're going to play us off. <laughs>